First, though, we're going to start in Greece and actually some really strong words from the prime minister there. He says the climate crisis is already here and Greece is at war. More than 80 wildfires are burning right now. And he says the Mediterranean region uh, would face even greater disasters as a result of climate change. Well, the islands of Rhodes, Corfu, Evia have been worst hit. Parts of the mainland are on high alert too. Tens of thousands of locals and tourists have been evacuated from danger areas. The European Union has sent firefighter reinforcements to try to help. From Lindos, our correspondent Jenny Hill sent this. It seems like a miracle no one was hurt. Fire swept through this resort. Not much left behind. Those were once water skis. So much of this island still looks, well, idyllic. And then you take a few steps and you come across a scene, well, like this. It's still smouldering. That, of course, was someone's livelihood completely destroyed. This is where there were sunbeds just a few days ago. It wasn't just tourists who scrambled to safety. I was crying. I was crying. It was making me feel terrible. Adisa and her family, who all work in the hotels here, had to get out too. When we met them, they'd only just learned their house had survived the fire. For the tourists, it was a really terrified and bad experience. But for us, I think it's worse because we live here, everything is burned. Not everything. This hotel, one of the most luxurious in Lindos, escaped damage. But the guests are gone and much of the surrounding countryside is destroyed. If you have seen the scenery around, it's like a biblical catastrophe. The hotel is a hotel, you will rebuild it, you will repaint it, but the nature outside is the most important thing that we need to be, to check what we're going to do, because all this is a result of the environmental crisis that we are facing. And all day, despite every effort, the fires have raged on, strong winds fanning the flames. It's far too soon to properly assess the damage done here. But on the nearby beach, a business owner had come to take a look. We lost the business. We, are, uh, we have a good health and uh, we are hope uh, to fix it again. It's a sign of just how quickly things change. The wind's very strong now and we've been told we need to get out because the fire may be coming towards us. It seems unstoppable. Firefighters now battling to save more villages from the flames. All those who fled can do is watch and hope. So I was Jenny Hill there talking us through some of the very obvious uh, human uh, costs to all this. We're going to take a moment now to look at the environmental and wildlife uh, damage here, because, of course, wildlife particularly hard hit by these fires. Uh, no proper on-site assessment is possible yet. Uh, it's thought 12% of the area that's burnt in roads is a protected area where animals uh, like European fallow deer uh, live, along with many others, of course. Uh, let's get a bit more detail into what is happening. Dimitris Karavellis is Director General of the environmental NGO WWF Greece. Thank you very much for coming on the programme. Thank you for having me. Good evening. So we've all seen the terrible pictures of the wildfires. What's the kind of damage that's being done? 
Well, fire, uh, wildfires are in the Mediterranean ecosystems are quite a common occurrence, uh, and the, the ecosystems in the Mediterranean have become ad adapted to wildfires. But the reality is that these wildfires are now more frequent and also more intense. Um, as you already mentioned in your introduction on the island of Rhodes, we see that uh, just over 10%, 12% of the area that's been burned is a protected area. Uh, we do know that there is a sizable population of, of fallow deer on the island. We don't know at this stage how badly uh, that population has been impacted. We, we can't actually assess this with on-site visits while the fires are still raging. Uh, but but it, it's fair to say that we have had uh, important damage to start with, and it's, it's important to see just what that restoration will look like the day after the forest fires um, finally are, are, are put out at some stage. Um, are, you, are, you they, seeing, are you seeing more of this kind of, I think you said it's obviously an area that's used to it to some extent, but is this kind of the new normal now? I think we're seeing, we're certainly seeing more intense forest fires and that's why the, the fires this scale and this size are now taking on the name of, of mega fires. And it's not just happening in Greece, it's happening in many other countries throughout the Mediterranean. Uh, we heard earlier on that this might be related to, to the climate crisis, and the Prime Minister said that there's a war on the climate crisis and the war on the, uh, on the forest fires. Well, the reality is that the climate crisis is creating more favorable conditions for these forest fires to break out and to be more intense. But it's not the climate crisis itself that's responsible for these forest fires in the first place. And we don't need to, we shouldn't be thinking of the climate crisis as, a, as an excuse for an action or for a business as usual approach. We need to address the climate crisis. This will require very bold climate action. I would urge, for example, the Greek prime minister to, uh, to abandon uh, the plans to drill for oil and gas in, in the Greek seas, because that's the bold climate action that we would require. Right. But I think it also requires us to look at forest fires in a very different way. And well, just looking at, we just looked at some of the damage being done. Uh, what is there anything in a practical sense after the fire has burned through, after it's been put out? We've just been seeing those pictures of devastation. Is there anything that your organisation or organisations can actually do well, in many cases, forests can naturally regenerate. And so one of the things that we need to do is to ensure that we can allow nature, mother nature, to do its job and allow for these forests to naturally regenerate. In those areas that have been burned more, two, three, more than two or three times, we may have to actually technically, technically reforest these areas on the basis of scientific studies and with the right type of species, because it's important to 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 be respectful of of what the ecosystem looked like uh, and and what the ecosystem balance is all about. So yes, we can do that. We can also see how we can actually allow for these areas to be natural areas, natural forests, rather than having a very important threat in the Mediterranean and in Greece, changes in land use. So having, for example, illegal buildings built in places where their forests existed in the past. So there's a lot to be done in terms of restoration, but I think there's also a lot to be done so that we don't face forest fires like this in the future. And that means more and more prevention. It means actually investing time and energy and resources in ensuring that these forests are actively managed so that by the time when those forest fires occur, because they will be, yeah. then the intensity is much less. Okay, we have to leave it there. But Dimitris Caravellas, thank you very much for coming on the programme. Thank, thank you. you. Right, I want to go to Rhodes now. We can speak to Amy Walker, who was on holiday with her two children and mother in uh, Rhodes when they were caught up in these fires. Thank you so much for coming on the programme. 
Hi, how are you? I'm all right, thank you. How are you, more importantly? What's happening right now? Um, yeah, being better, being worse. We are currently with a family, a volunteer family, that took us from the crisis centre um, on Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon, uh, Sunday, sorry. Um, so we're now with a Greek family because there was no accommodation provided by TUI. We were in a crisis centre after being evacuated from um, Yenadi Beach at midnight. We were evacuated at 10pm from our hotel via army trucks. What was that moment like when you were first told to get out of the hotel? Could you see the fires close or was this just a warning the from the people in the, charge of the, the hotels? No, there was no all day. I wanted to leave at 1pm. I went into right. my mum and said, we need to pack a bag and get out. And I went to reception. They said, you know, don't leave. There's power cuts on the island everywhere. You might go south, but then what will you do when you get there? You're safe here, there's food. But two hours later, there was people, hundreds of people that had walked from Lardos and Kiatari, um, had walked, like evacuated and walked, and they were arriving at our hotel because we were supposedly a safe space at that point. Right. Um, but by half past six, we went down for dinner that evening and there was no dinner service in the hotel. This is a five-star hotel with six restaurants. There was no dinner service. They were handing out sandwiches. And the evacuees that had got to us were now beginning to leave on coaches to go somewhere else, which again panicked me. Mm. Um, we'd already packed earlier in the day. So we went back to the room. I went to reception and said, what is the evacuation call? What will happen? Oh, there'll be sirens, they said, and we'll all evacuate via the beach. So I thought, okay, well, we'll just pack and we'll go and sleep on the beach because if we're going to get evacuated, we'll be evacuated from the beach. Um, but we sat there for some time and you could see the flames. The sky was bright red. The sky had been red all day, but it was particularly bad at night, you can yeah. imagine. Yeah. Um, and my mum walked up to reception and reception said Ever you should come to reception with your luggage. So at that point we went up to reception and as we hit reception, we kind of walked around the side. So we'd come away from the crowds. And as we came round, someone came out and said, we're evacuating. You need to head to the road and everyone needs to walk south. And by this time it was 10 o'clock at night, so it was pitch yeah. black. And, and that's when that's um, when the and then it was army trucks and then it was to evacuation centres. Army trucks. They, uh, the army then, truck broke down. We had to get oh, out, no. and then we, we were told we had to dump our luggage. At that point, I'd got the baby in the carrier, left the pushchair, all of our luggage. We walked down to the beach. It was pitch black, yeah. and there was thousands of people there, and a few boats, but like uh rib boats were by locals by the way there was no there was no government at this point um, right and we've heard we've actually just we've heard a lot of that you know you're staying with with a local family now it was local locals, local boats lo that helped people get locals, out and now the generosity now they're showing you there as well the locals are doing the work here i mm. cannot say that enough tonight mm. our host uh, marina has got in from work at 3 p.m she's a mother to a two-year-old She's got in, she's gone straight to the city to volunteer for two hours. Wow. They are doing all the work. They're providing all the goods. They are putting tourists up in their houses. A lady on Sunday morning 
a stranger let me go and sleep in her house for two hours with my baby because we were sleeping on a tiled floor in a school with cockroaches whilst the TUI reps stood there and said, we can't lie to you, but we have no information. We've had no information. This was on Sunday morning. We were evacuated. We didn't arrive till Rhodestown into the school until 5.30 in the morning. And, 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 and Amy, thought, any, any, any sign on when you're going to get home? So we were meant to be on a flight home on Wednesday evening. That would have been our flight home normally. Right. Uh, but there's no evacuation flights from TUI um, till tomorrow. They're putting on two extra flights, but you right. don't know where you will end up in the UK. And we've got no luggage. So I'm literally in this. Like, this is all I have. I and um, so what do I end up in? Well, uh, Amy, Newcastle. I, I, I'm so I'm so, so I'm flying so... home via EasyJet tomorrow, yeah. okay. uh, which we booked ourselves. But okay. yeah, well, to me, are useless, helpless. Okay. Well, listen. Good luck getting home. Thank you so much for taking the time to share your story uh, with us. We really, really appreciate it. Thank you. I just you. want That's to thank the Greek people. Indeed. Thank yeah, you. that message is heard loud and clear. Amy Walker, thank you so much. Thank you.